Hello, and welcome to State of Crime. One state, two murders, lots of crime. With Kaylin and Elena. Hello. Hi, how you doing? I gen genuinely am fantastic. I know. New job. New job. I'm so excited. Super excited. I've been, at, I've been at my other job for three and a half years, and I've hated my wife the entire time. And Aww, so now we're... That makes me sad. We're getting out of it, and Yay. I'm fucking stoked. Yeah, and the new place you're working is going to be awesome. Yeah. And I'll get to see you there. Uh -huh. I'm, like, super excited. Yep. So, yay. I tanned in, a fa in, like, a tanning bed for the first time oh in my, my entire gosh. life. Crazy Which, girl. I know it's bad for me. Danny it is. Every time I say it, I'm like, ooh, I tanned today. He's like, you know, it's really bad for you. Skin cancer central, baby. Yeah. I've burned twice already, but. Skin cancer. Stop it. I have to know what I'm selling. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> that was a weird little it was. segue. So we're returning to the deep south, to Mississippi, M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Excuse me, but before we do, we wanted to thank everyone who's been leaving us reviews. Mm -hmm. You shared some lovely ones with me this week that made us both super happy. Right, so I check them regularly, every couple of days mm -hmm. usually, and every time we get a new one, I send, I screenshot it and I send it to you. You do, and it makes me so happy. So, we did get a couple of really good ones. Uh, we got one, one of our newer ones was on Thursday. I don't know what the date was. My dates are all sorts of screwed up over here. Mm -hmm. um, from Hallie Seward. Seward? Um, she said, amazing, edgy podcast. This podcast is amazing. I love that it's edgy. And, oh no, I clicked on it. Now it disappeared. That's okay. There and we doesn't... don't have to read the whole thing, but I just like, right. they just made me happy. And then we had one, I love this person's name is... Let me see if I can do this correctly. Oliver. Oh, no, no, Ollie... I did that. Oliver Lunk. <laughs> and that was a great one, too. So thank you. And we do. It's. I would say we were talking before. We're like, the, the nicest thing is we're finally getting reviews from people we don't know personally. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're doing something right here. <laughs> that was like, and they were nice right. on top of it. So that was what was really fantastic. So. Right. All right, so we are going back to, like we said, Mississippi, and I struggled with this one a lot. Like, I looked around for a really long time, and there were some crazy cases down in Mississippi that really, like, were tempting to do. There was a pair of brothers, but they were actually cousins, who, like so many that we've talked about, but they, too, are often touted as America's first serial killers. They were running around during the Revolutionary War, and then after, and they were interesting, and then there was some guy who actually earned the nickname Wolfman, and I was like, okay, that might be a cool case, and then there was this chick with her boyfriend who they chopped up, murdered her mother, and chopped her up, and disposed of the parts, except for her legs, which they left, like, laying by the side of the road or something, and that's how they ended up getting caught, <laughs> so... Stupid. Mississippi has some crazy. Right. So, but I decided to go actually once again with a case that's already been covered a lot. Okay. So I don't know necessarily how much new I'm bringing to it. Okay. But I do feel like it's a case that should never, ever 
be forgotten. Okay. And there's a whole lot of this case that still resonates very strongly. Okay. So, I, do, I have no idea what you're doing, so I'm I really know. interested into what's... So I'm going to start because one of the things that made this kind of resonate is back in November of 2018, a Republican senator from Mississippi, a woman named Cindy Hyde-Smith, was running for her seat. Now, she had actually been appointed by the governor of Mississippi, and so this was her, so she'd been serving as a senator, but this was her first election, okay? okay? And her Democratic opponent happened to be an African-American male, and she was out on the campaign trail, and a rancher praised her quite highly, you know, said all those nice things about her, and her response was, if he invited me to a public hanging, I'd be on the front row. Which, you're a white woman in Mississippi. Maybe think a little bit about what you say. Okay. Right? So, and of course, she won. And she's sitting in the Senate right now. Okay. Which makes me want to stab somebody in the face with a spork. <laughs> um... But of course, anyway, what, you know, the, the echo here is to lynching, which Mississippi is right up there at the top of the pile when it comes to the number of lynchings. And so I wanted to start it off by going back. So lynching has a very, very long and underdocumented history in this country. Okay. All right. We've actually talked about a couple of cases, you know, peripheral to, to some of our, our earlier cases. Um, and I didn't know where the name came from. So I did some research and the name apparently dates back to the American Revolution there was a guy named Charles Lynch, who was a Virginian Justice of the Peace, and he ordered what was called, quote-unquote, extra-legal punishment for loyalists. In other words, you guys can take care of them. We don't have to put them on trial, okay? Okay. And over time, it came to more specifically mean, you know, killing somebody, especially by hanging, for an alleged offense with or without a legal trial, usually without. And even when there is a trial associated, and I, you know, again, we've had some cases like this, it barely qualifies, right. you know. So, uh, and of course, um, after the Civil War, it very much comes to be associated with white terrorism okay. in this country. So a couple of numbers to throw out here, and of course there's some differences here we'll talk about. According to the Tuskegee Institute, 4,743 people were lynched in the United States between 1882 and 1968. And these are mostly, uh, for the most part, um, lynchings that are tied to white terrorism. 3,446 of these cases are African-Americans, 1,297 are other, you know, whites, Hispanics, and so on. And, okay. you know, I think like when I talked about, if I remember my New Mexico case, we kind of delved and talked right. about, you know, some of the lynching there and so yeah. on. So, um, 
More than 73% of lynchings in post-Civil War America happen where? The South, all right? And those numbers that I just gave you are not the only statistics out there. Obviously, when we're talking about lynchings, you know, many of these are undocumented, underdocumented, maybe not reported. Um, another source I found, the Equal Justice Initiative, uh, put the numbers at 4,084 African Americans lynched in the South between 1877 and 1950. So it's problematical to hunt these numbers down. And, you know, it's just another sign of how little we have valued Black and other lives in this country. We do have a memorial in the United States that opened on April 26th. 2018 in Montgomery, Alabama. It is called the National Memorial for Peace and Justice. Okay. And it has um, a very impressive, it was, so the idea for it came from, from Holocaust Memorial Museums, which we have one in Washington, D.C. Right. in this country um, that does a lot of great work. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I would really, if you're interested in this, um, get on YouTube, <clears throat> excuse me, search CBS Sunday Morning National Memorial for Peace and Justice, and they did a beautiful piece on it where they go through, they talk about the symbolism with it, they talk a lot about the history of lynching in this country, and it was really a great piece. So just to kind of drive home to the idea that and I mean, we still hear every once in a while of lynchings happening in this country, although, yeah. you know, for the most part now they're hopefully fairly rare, although they still occur. But also just to give a feeling for the fact that this is not some ancient history. The, right. You know, the person I'm going to talk about today was born the same year as my mother. Okay. So had he not been murdered in this way, um, you know, he... Very, could very well still be alive. Right. And he was also, his body was also found on my birthday. So I thought it was interesting wow. that, yeah, we had that correlation there. And so, of course, I'm talking about the murder of Emmett Till. Okay. So, do you know very much about this case? Not at all, no. Okay. And that says a lot. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I have to say I knew the outlines of Emmett Till's murder, um... My son, his teacher in high school history, spent quite a bit of time on this. And uh, Dante actually did for a project. He wrote a really beautiful poem about Emmett Till that I still have hanging on my classroom wall. But this is a case that, like, seriously, like, I hope I can make it through without crying. You're it's... already getting all... <laughs> you are. It's bad. And like I said, it's hard because this is a case that I think a lot of people are familiar with, at least to very degrees. And I degrees. may be, I don't yeah, know, but yeah. like the name doesn't ring a bell. Well, and of course, you know, and so, and I'll tell you straight up. So even though I, I started off talking about lynching, Emmett Till's murder is not the tradition. You know, we all, like I said, we often associate hanging with lynching. Right. Although in its broadest definition, that doesn't have to be the case. But within these white terrorist murders, hanging is very often, 
if not the actual cause of death, at least a part of what goes on. Okay. And there's an el- maybe an element of it in the murder of Emmett Hill, which I'll talk about and I'll address when we get there. But he was a 14-year-old boy, and if you look up pictures of him, he just has this sweet angel face, you know, and this sweet smile. And the fact that he's 14, you know, that's a kid. And um, I consulted a number of sources uh, when I went through this. The one that I used probably most heavily is uh, PBS has an awesome series called American Experience where they go through and highlight different aspects of American history in detail and they had a really great timeline on their website and that's kind of how I structured this case. I did try to pull in some other information that I throw in, you know, under the specific years as well. Right. So, like I said, Emmett Till's born um The same year as my mother, he's born in 1941 in Chicago, Illinois. But his tide in Mississippi is that's where his mother was from. And like many, many African Americans um, in the post-Civil War and then later the, um, the Great Depression, these really spark waves of migration out of the South into the North. And again, I don't want to let the North off the hook. It's not like there wasn't racism and things like that there as well. Right. There were quite awful. Um, but it, it was just, I, I would say that it wasn't quite the systemic cultural pattern that you found in places where slavery had existed for so much longer. Right. And again, slavery existed in northern states too. Yeah. You know, it's just that in the north, they usually embraced abolitionism earlier. Right. And so the last vestiges, you know, end up being in 1861 in the south. Um, so Emmett is born in Chicago, Illinois. He lives with his mother. Uh, she had married quite young, like 18, 19 years old. Her husband was also 18, 19. His name was Lewis Till. And they separated, it looks like, within a year after Emmett's birth. So it's, you know, the typical teenage married, get married young, have a child, and kind of things don't always work out. So Emmett's full name is Emmett Lewis Bobo, was his nickname, Till. And um, the following year... After their separation in 1943, which is when World War II is going hot and heavy, his father is drafted into the army. And like I said, his parents had already separated right. at this point. And then in 1945, Mamie, Emmett's mother, learns that Private Lewis Till, her former husband, had died in Europe, but she was never given a full report. And all she gets are the very, very few personal effects that he still had. Um, And among them is a signet ring with his initials LT on it. Um, So we, you know, they live, she raises her son in Chicago. She's a hardworking woman. Um, She, of course, you know, has these family ties in Mississippi And so on August 21st, 1955, 
Emmett goes down to Mississippi to stay with some of his mother's relatives. Okay. And he's going to stay at the home of his uncle, Moses Wright. And he's only there for three days. And on the 24th of August, Emmett joins a group of other kids. There were seven boys and a girl at the local grocery store, <clears throat> Bryant Grocery and Meat Market. Now, it is owned by a white couple, Roy and his 21-year-old wife, Carolyn Bryant. But their clientele is mainly black. Okay. And mostly in the area, like I said, this is Mississippi. This is sharecropper country. So it's, you know, that's normally the people who shop here. Right. Now, um, I will say that Carolyn Bryant, again, when I looked up her picture, is it, she was a beautiful young woman. She's also a bitch, and I hope she's burning in hell. Okay. And I'll tell you why as we get into this. So um, the indisputable facts are that Emmett goes into the store. He purchases bubble gum. He is, in fact, seen interacting with Carolyn, which, duh, she owns the store. She's working right. there, right? He's buying bubble gum. She's, you know. And those are the facts. Okay. okay. What it the later claim first it starts off that he whistled at Carolyn. That's the first accusation that kind of bubbles up. Okay. And then in the actual court trial, it comes out Carolyn testifies that he grabbed her hand and said, Hey baby, how about a date? And then use some vulgar language, which she could not repeat. And um, claimed that when she tried to get away from him, uh, he continued and said that he had a white girlfriend in Chicago, so it was fine. And we are going... Well, I'll, I'll get back to that in a little bit. All right. So, anyway, so we said that happens on the 24th right. of August, right? Now, when exactly these claims are made, I'm not 100% sure. The next date we have is four days later, August 28, 1955, at around 2.30 in the morning. Okay. Carolyn's piece of shit husband, Roy Bryant, and his <laughs> half-brother piece of shit, J.W. Milan. <laughs> oh are you okay? God. That it just rolled right out, and I just wasn't expecting it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You know how I feel about these things. I know, but my God, that was funny. I just yeah. wasn't expecting it. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. Continue. Uh, break into the home of uh, Mose Wright, uh, Emmett's great uncle, and demand to know where Emmett is. There are, I think they said there were eight people total in this tiny little cabin. You know, some of... Uh, Emmett's cousins are there and so on. Mose tries to protect Emmett. He's, he offers them money if they'll just leave. They have a pistol. They threaten to kill him. So they grab Emmett and they go. And that's the last time any of these people see Emmett alive. That's sad. I think, I think this might be a good time to take a quick break. Yes, let's take a break before because and let me pull myself together. And we'll be back. All right. So, like I said, they 
take Emmett. That's the last time he's seen alive. And then there is a little itty bitty bit of justice going on at some place around here because the next day both of them are arrested for kidnapping and are held without bail in Greenwood, Mississippi. Okay. So, good. you know, interspersed amongst all of these human-shaped pieces of garbage, there must be some people who at least have a minimum of respect for the rule of law and things like that. So, like we said, so he disappears that night, and on August 31st, 1955, a body is pulled from the Tallahatchie River. And I'm going to show you the picture in just a little bit here. Right, because you had made a comment about if you look at him. Right. So I Googled him, and I saw I just saw, like, the first pictures that had come up, and he was a cute kid. Yeah, he's like this, you, can just, you know, he just has, like, this sweet face. Yeah. He's, and, yeah. yeah. And when, you know, of course, it's Mississippi, it's August. It's hot. It's hot, and he's been in water. Right. All these days, so you know, for several days. So it's condition, I would assume. Right. And his um and you know, I said his great uncle Mose and then Mose or Moses? Mose. He's well, I'm sure it was Moses, but okay. he's called Mose in all of the oh, okay. you know, documents I saw. But I also saw him called the grandfather. So I'm not sure here, and I just want to make that correction. But in any case, I mean it's yeah, you you could not look at this person and say that's who that is, okay? But he is identified because he's wearing a ring with the initials LT, mm. his father's signet ring. Sad. Yeah, so it's horrible. And the Jackson, Mississippi Daily News does call it a brutal, senseless crime. But at the very same time, they also say that the NAACP, which was the na is and it still exists, the National, oh gosh darn it, I can't remember, all, but it's the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, is trying to quote arouse hatred and fear. Now this to me just feels so much like what's still going on, where you know you'll have news sources and people say, oh, you know, it's so bad that, you know, young black men or young black women, you know, unarmed are being murdered. But don't you dare bring up Black Lives Matter or act like this has anything to do with racism. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? There's that duality there that just makes me insane, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Well, and see, like that, I think that people don't realize the, and I think it's more like younger people nowadays don't realize that like this has been going on for a very long time. I had to, <laughs> and that's a failure of our education system. I had to explain the meaning of the song. Now I'm not going to, now <laughs> it, fuck, it flew right out of my mind. Um, Sorry. It'll I come lost back it. To you. Okay. Well look yeah. for it when it comes back. I let let me know. But um. The other thing that's interesting, about, though, about the Emmett Till case is I think because of his age, he's 14, I think the timing of this in 1954, we had Brown versus the Board of Education, which said, you know, that you can't have, se you know, separate but equal is not um, okay under the Constitution when it comes to education systems. 
So there is also international outcry about this case. And a newspaper in Belgium ran an article entitled Racism in the USA, a Young Black Man is Lynched in Mississippi. And we're going to see that there are many references throughout this case of newspapers in Europe predominantly reporting on this case as well. And I think that's also one of the things that helps make it a turning point in the civil rights era and why it's become such a touchstone in many ways. So Emmett is found, like we said, on August 31st, 1955. And there was a lot of pressure on his mother, Mamie, who, by the way, goddess, hero, amazing human being. Um, she ain't playing that. Good for her. And she's going to make sure that everyone sees what they did to her baby. Good for her. And that everyone has to see what she saw. So on September 3rd, 1955, Emmett's body arrives at Chicago's Robert's Temple of the Church of God. And his mother decides to have an open casket funeral. Okay. And she has her baby lie in state for three days. He is ultimately seen by over 600,000 people. And I'm showing Kaylin a picture of his body with his mother, Mamie. So it's really hard to really see what's what's going on here. Because, oh my gosh. So oh I, want, gosh. I wanted, I wanted Kaylin to react to this on air to see what they did to this boy. Because when we talk about this, it's very easy to be removed historically. And so, like I said, you know, Mamie makes sure that everyone sees this. What? I'm, I, and I want to know what, the, how did they do this to his So, face? that's where I've, I've held off for now. So, after Emmett was taken from uh, his relative's home, he was put into the back of a pickup and then taken to another location. On the way, they pistol whipped him. Um... They, and I want to talk about the fact that there is very often a sexual component to lynchings. So many, many cases that we know of, of lynchings where they were hanged, they were burned, other things were happening. They are also very often castrated and there is very often sexual torture associated with these cases. Okay. So again, I did find some conflicting reports about exactly what was done to Emmett Till. I compiled as complete a list here as I could. Okay. So we do know, as I said, he was pistol whipped until they got him and then he was tortured for hours. We do not know exactly how long. Um, his eye ends up being gouged out. Reports were that he was castrated. A forging tool was used to drill holes into his body. An awl was used to pierce his skin. His teeth had been knocked out from the beatings that he had received. One side of his face was completely caved in from the beatings that he received. His wrists had been broken. 
He had numerous other broken bones. His left ear was missing. The cause of death was established to be a bullet wound to the head. So he survived all, all of it. this. Ugh. Yeah. And when they finally did finish with the torture and killing him, they then used a 75-pound cotton gin. Um, what was it? A Sorry, a, a cotton, gel, cotton gin metal fan that weighed 75 pounds. They wrapped that around his neck with barbed wire. They stripped his body naked and threw it into the Tallahatchie River. Oh, my gosh. So, like I said, that's why I said we don't have the hanging component that we very often associate with lynchings, but you do have the cotton gin fan tied around his neck, which yeah. has an echo there. Um, and so, like we said, in addition to her having this open casket, um, and like I said, you can look this up online and find it on Google, but please have a strong stomach. It's difficult. Like I said, it's hard to believe that that is, is a 14-year-old child. Yes, yes. And, I mean, it looks like the worst kind of creature out of a horror film, you know. Right. Um, and there is a picture of Mamie standing looking at her boy, and then there are close-ups of Emmett Till himself. And um, a guy named Simeon Booker was sent with photographer David Jackson from Jet Magazine, which was a magazine that was targeted very much for African-Americans. And um, <clears throat> David Jackson takes those famous photos, especially of Mamie standing and looking down at Emmett's body. Those were published in Jet Magazine and then, of course just went everywhere. Wow. And I think that I think that really helped too. This idea, you know, of course people but here's the thing. So we talk about that in the case of Emmett Till being so pivotal. The fact that she was so brave, she has this open casket, she allows, you know, these people to take photos of her and and her son. But here's the other element of this that didn't get addressed in so many of the writings about Emmett Till. But they, you know, and like I said, yes, it's horrible to see. And I'm glad that people looked at that and were outraged. But what doesn't get talked about is that in so many of these other lynchings that happened, they were also photographed. And they were turned into postcards that people would buy and send and collect. What the fuck? And they are also equally horrific and hard to look at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe it's the fact this is a boy, a 14-year-old boy. In the, there's a combination, I'm sure, of elements here. But I just wanted to point that out, that this is not the first time right. that a lynching victim was photographed and that people could easily see this is what they did to another human. You know what I'm saying? Right. At any case, Emmett is finally laid to rest on the 6th of September in Burr Oak Cemetery. May he rest in power. And it is in the 15th of September that the Jet Magazine publishes the photos, the article, and it mm -hmm. hits the newsstand nationwide 
Two days later, on the 17th of September, a black Chicago newspaper, the Chicago Defender, also publishes photos. And that's when they seem to just get disseminated everywhere. Right. You know, because once they hit the news wires, as long as they're credited, right. anyone can print them. Right. So, now, you like quick trials. Yes. On the 19th of September. Piece, so, what, three days later? Pieces of shit J.W. Millam and Roy <laughs> Bryant go on trial in Sumner, Mississippi. I mean, I'll take two days. I'll take it. That's a quick trial for me. Just hold on to that, sweetheart. Motherfucker. <laughs> Their jury is all white and all male. Are. Of course they are. So you know where this is going to end. They got acquitted, didn't they? Mamie Bradley, <sighs> goddess, amazing human being, hero, travels to Mississippi to attend the trial of the murderers of her son. Uh, French newspaper Le Monde. Uh, has an article about the trial, and like I said, all throughout Europe, it's also being reported, not just the United States. Mose Wright, Moses Wright is his full name, on the 21st of September, another effing hero, stands up in court. A black man in a Mississippi courtroom stands up on the witness trial, points his finger at the two pieces of shit sitting there, and says they kidnapped Emmett. And I don't know how, you know, just if you guys don't realize how amazing it was that he did that. Because he was, he might as well have just put a gun in their hands mm -hmm. at that point. Um, 23rd of September. Okay. The jury deliberates. Okay. For 67 minutes. Which is like not even long, that's like barely long enough to read the instructions. What, they wouldn't have even taken that long, they later said, had they not stopped to drink some soda pop. They would have been back even quicker. What the fuck? With their verdict, Ugh. acquitting both pieces of shit. Uh. Moses Wright and Willie Reed, who was another black man who also testified against them, are immediately smuggled to Chicago, Illinois. Because had they stayed in the South, they too would have met a fate like Emmett. Jesus Christ. Gets better. These two assholes then go on and are, of course, interviewed after the trial mm -hmm. and speak very openly and candidly about exactly what they did to Emmett Till. Oh, my God. But thanks to Double Jeopardy, nothing is ever done to them. Are you okay, honey? I'm angry. Is this I'm, how you feel listening you, to my cases? Yes. Yes. This is how I feel about this case and all of these kinds of cases. You know what I mean? Like, they just, the rage-inducing, this is where you just want to go, uh, you know, like, like, I'm always preaching about rule of law and we need rule of law, but these are people I would like to do these things to, you know? Like, yeah. ugh. Um, but it gets even better. So, the bitch, Carolyn Bryant, that mm -hmm. I mentioned, in 2008, was interviewed for a book called The Blood of Emmett Till, which everyone should read. I feel like that book should probably be a part of most American history classes in this country. Guess what she says? What? Of course he never touched me or whistled at me. He did nothing to deserve what happened to him. 
she lied under oath. Well, of course she did. Wait. Never mind. No, go. Statute of limitations is already yeah, out of right, right. So, perjury. But yeah. it would have been Well in that and it's like couldn't they have gotten them for perjury with It really in the South, really, they were gonna go after him for perjury no. after they let him off. Come on, girl. No. Um maybe Till Mobley uh died in two thousand three. So she never heard this retraction. And um that and that woman is now dead too. The bitch. And, the bitch and the yeah. piece of shit. Piece of shit and the too. two pieces of shit are also dead. And I hope they're all just roasting on a slow spit in hell. But this is the case of Emmett Till. And like I said, it's a heartbreaking one. I'm pretty sure I didn't do it justice because it's a case that is so often reported on. But the thing, like I said, that struck me most strongly about this was... That, what do I want to say? Like, that admittance by Mississippi newspapers. Yes, this is a horrible crime, but don't let the NAACP get you all riled up about racism because it's not about racism. You know what right, I'm saying? Like, right. And that we are still dealing with that right here, right now, every time an unarmed black person is murdered in this country by law enforcement or in the multiple other ways that it happens in this country. And we still have this knee-jerk reaction of people saying, but let's not talk about race. Let's not get everybody all heated up about racism. Right. Let's not go there. And I just, there was a frustration there that I felt like definitely needed to be talked about. Fuck this case. Fuck this case. Do you have any updates on our... The Kylie and JJ. No, the Varro case. Kylie. Yeah, Kylie, uh, Kylie, the, the kids here in Idaho that disappeared. Yeah. Absolutely none. There have been, I know that there have been like, you know, little blurbs. And of course, I, I should also mention, I forgot to mention this, that I deactivated my Facebook account. I didn't delete it, but I deactivated it about a week and a half, two weeks ago. <laughs> just because... I'm going to cut a bitch. Like, I cannot sit there and scroll through the things and see the things I see. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. I can't anymore. I'm like, okay, Facebook makes no effort that the news I see is actually news and factual. Um, people post the most moronic, idiotic, you know, lack of logic memes and bullshit about really, really important issues so that I want to go stab them in the face with a spork. Um, I just, like, the anger and the rage that I feel when I look at so many things. I want to see your puppies and what you're having for dinner, and you know, I love all that, but there's just all this other garbage, and I cannot take it anymore, so I've been off. But I have been following it, like, on the news and stuff like that as much as I can. Um, and there have been... I guess kind of like more people coming out and talking like family members about how crazy these people, but that's it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not really, we still haven't found them. We don't know where they're we at. We know nothing. Probably in Mexico. They're gone. They're, they're well, fucking gone. Yeah. Those two are hiding somewhere and the kids are dead. So, um, I mean, I really they believe sold that. The kids. They could have sold them. I don't know. I mean, given the fact that two out of her three husbands are dead, she probably sold the kids though. Got I don't some know. Cash or into Mexico. But how, 
who would buy? How are you going to sell kids? Like, Sex trafficking's everywhere. Oh, Come God. on. I don't know. But anyway, I don't, uh, I don't want, like, that just kills me too. But it, honestly, so, like I said. Especially you, in the, never mind. What? Never mind. No, Why I'm not going to, no. Say it. No, I don't want to. I'm not, I'm not offending people today. I know what you were going to say because you started to say the M word. I don't know what you're talking about. She, she was going to say, especially in the Mormons, that's what she was going to say, people. I'm reading her face and I'm telling you. She knows nothing. <laughs> but um, I just, I, I fear the worst. And the little bit that has come out is just like I said, more people talking about how crazy they both are. And it just looks worse and worse. But there's been nothing... Concrete. That I've seen, you know, factually, like big okay. break kind right. of stuff. So, was there anything else? It's Let's awful. see if I have any screenshots from the last two weeks because we didn't record. Yeah, last yeah, week. we didn't record last week because we had been ahead with your Mississippi mm -hmm. case. But it's just so, I don't know. I it's don't terrible. Think. I don't think I have. Did I tell you I quit? Uh, yeah, that was a while ago. Never mind. Yeah. No, I don't think I have anything. Uh, I don't have anything crime related. Did you know that Matchbox 20 is coming to Boise? I did. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can tell this case really upset you because you just <laughs> take it like this hard left into, let's talk about bunnies and kittens and Matchbox 20. And I know it's yes. a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, fuck that case. I told no, you, honey. It. I told you. So, but I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck racists. For real. You know, honestly, fuck them. Like, we got, we got, you got to get rid of it. Patriarchy yeah. is poison. It's all part of the system. <laughs> I hate it. I love you. Where are we headed next week? Wisconsin? I don't remember. That's I think we're, right. no, is not, we're, 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 we're done with we Wyoming? I don't know, honey. I have my case picked out. I just haven't done any actual, info. oh, uh, the song that I was, <clears throat> that I had mentioned earlier. I had to. Explain the meaning behind killing in the name by Rage Against the Machine the other day. Tell me. Do you not know that? Have you never heard that song? Which one? Ra uh, killing in the name by uh, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to explain the meaning of that to somebody the other day. I'm like, listen to the fucking words. Like, <sighs> I just want you all to know I had Kaylin in class as an English student, and this whole exchange was me with her 900 times in my own head when she was my student. Ugh. <laughs> God, I get it. I don't see how you're a teacher. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I legit wanted to call them. At, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give anybody, like, give it away on anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, I just wanted to shake them and be like, first of all, listen to the words. The lyrics yes. tell you everything. And second, you're a fucking idiot <laughs> is all I wanted to do. Well, and like I said, and just this whole I really thing, hope they don't yeah. listen to this. Well, and it's just appalling. <laughs> it's also appalling how little people know about, like I said, some of this history and stuff like that. Or maybe they do know the Emmett Till case, but they don't understand the thousands, thousands of people that this happened to. You know, right. this wasn't a one-off case. Mm -mm. And I think that's also... The danger in some of these quote unquote celebrity cases that are really widely and well known mm -hmm. is people know them, but they forget how many more were out there. You right. Know? So, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of tragedy and sadness there. So, all right. So next week we are in Wyoming. I did 
Okay. That'll be an interesting area mm-hmm. for us to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited about that one. So Wyoming next week. Closer to home. Yeah. Um, if you, I don't know, uh, what are we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, make sure you like our Facebook page, our Instagram page, our Twitter page. Uh, <laughs> I think I broke Kaylin. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening on an Apple product or whatever you're listening on, if you can rate and review us, that'd be cool. Um, and don't be afraid to criticize. Let us know how we can improve. But we like the kudos. They make like us the happy somebody, too. Somebody legit. Our last one, the one from Oliver, <laughs> told us we had a wealth of information and it made us really happy. <laughs> it did. I sent all kinds of great gifts, and it made Kaylin crack up about <laughs> our big fun. brains. It so, was. but um, yeah, make sure you rate and review us. That's always a good time. And thanks for listening. Yeah, right. thanks for listening. See you next time. I just waved at the fucking computer. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I need-